This episode is sponsored by Lendex and Tangleswap. Lendex is a decentralized IOTA-based multi-cross-chain decentralized application and lending protocol. This is IOTA's lending and stablecoin. And about Tangleswap, well, whether you are looking for a world-class decentralized exchange or simply want to make the most out of your tokens by staking, liquidity farming or investing, Tangleswap puts the whole universe of DeFi at your fingertips. Three, two, one. Welcome back to a new episode. I'm here with Dom from Walt ID, and we are going to talk about what that exactly is. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Hey, Thomas. Nice to be here. Good to have you. Good to have you. Thank you for taking the time to come joining us. Sure, sure. So um, if you could explain a little bit about who you are and uh, how you ended up in the crypto space. Sure. Pleasure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm Dom, born and raised in, in Austria. Uh, initially studied law, you know, explored that a bit, but quick, pretty, pretty quickly ended up, you know, trying to build a company. So first company was a large online platform, job platform for refugees back in 2015. And then that somehow, you know, led me into um, politics, working for Austrian parliament and new technologies, advising on these kinds of things, as well as the UN. And, you know, if you look into new technologies pretty quickly, it was clear to me that I want to build something either in blockchain or AI, which I guess are also the, the hot topics uh, right now. Um, but I ended up uh, going into blockchain. So looking into the applications, I always felt like identity was one of the really big game-changing things because, you know, the internet was built without, initially, without encryption, without payments, and without identity. Those are the three big things it was missing. By now, we build encryption and payments kind of into it, but identity not yet. So I felt like that's really something worth my time. And <clears throat> yeah, that's like 2018. Um, fast forward a couple of years, I did I did different things, working with different, you know, large businesses, small businesses, uh, blockchain ecosystem styles, and so on, eventually building Walt ID. Mm, nice. Um, I've seen you guys popping up the name Walt ID here and there in the IOTA community recently. Um, so, so what kind of made you create Walt ID? Like, you, you sort of touched in, into it just now, but like, what sort of convinced you that this is the way to go? Sure, sure. So uh, when I looked into the different technologies and ways you could build identity, the one that was most promising and this one that will probably be the dominating approach is called self-sovereign identity. The main idea behind this really is that you take the approach that we know today from identity cards where someone creates a card, gives it to you, you put it in your physical wallet and you know if someone asks you for it, you just show it, but you, digit <clears throat> sorry, you digitize the process. So uh, instead of having a physical card, you get a digital card into your digital wallet and you can just easily share these digital card with whoever who can then verify it without having to talk to the issuer. So without having a call home problem. <clears throat> and so I just always felt that that was fascinating approach with a lot of potential. And so was looking at the landscape, at the end of the day, we saw that uh, there was simply no open source, real good open source libraries that enabled this. And so we thought, you know what, let's just build a holistic solution that, en that enables all of this, that enables self-sovereign identity and see where it gets us. And, and that was really the start of Walt ID. This mm -hmm. idea of building open source, self-sovereign, or you could say off-chain <laughs> identity 
solution that is somehow related to blockchain, but you know, also works without it. Yeah. Um, so what exactly is it? Is Vault ID actually for for someone like not too involved in the uh, development space? Oh, I see. Yeah. So you can think of us as we're we're basically building all the components that you need to uh, issue identity credentials to someone else to verify any type of identity credential, as well as to build identity wallets. Um, that's what we started out. So, you know, if you're, let's say, for example, um, because we're working with public sector organizations like governments and public authorities, as well as, you know, businesses from the private sector across different verticals. So let's say, you know, you're a government and in the future, we can also talk about regulations, by the way. But uh, if you're a government, you can issue a digital passport to someone with a wallet. And then basically the issuing can be done with our open source tooling. Uh, the wallet itself is basically, uh, you know, can also be done with our open source tooling. It's a way of uh, extending any type of app, like an online banking application, an e-government application, or basically any application with these identity capabilities of receiving identity credentials and sharing them. Uh, and then also the requesting of identity uh, credentials and verification can also be done. So it's really like everything you need to build identity enabled products. Um, but a bit further down the line, so I don't know, something like end of 2021, um, early 2022, we also started exploring uh, NFT use cases and started building NFT capabilities with the main idea being, well, if you want to use personal data, if you want to digitize personal data, you need an off-chain approach for various reasons. Um, for which self-sovereign identity is quite promising. However, there's also this very interesting use case around token-based access, where the whole idea is that you have something like a tradable access token. And so we always felt like that very nicely complements um, this off-chain approach, uh, enables new capabilities, and is really some an, another identity flavor that you need if you want to build something like an identity layer um, for the web or for applications. Mm. Uh, so yeah, anyone can just check out our website and our GitHub. All our products are open source on the Apache 2 license, which means you can just take them, use them, tweak them, um, basically do whatever you want with them. Mm. Um, you're in a pretty interesting space um, where you sort of a part of the, the crypto space and but also major companies and, and governments, as you said. Do you do the governments and the these bigger companies take you seriously when you start bringing up NFTs and crypto space and blockchain and all that? <laughs> yeah, so you're touching upon a very good point. Good, good point, which is messaging, right? Mm. The messaging you do must somehow fit the target audience. And so, frankly, the projects that we're having with the public sector are really more focused on on SSI and verifiable credentials, which, by the way, are also core technologies that will underpin uh, the upcoming EUID wallets. Uh, for everybody who doesn't know, the European Union will uh, quite soon, I think within the, within the next year, uh, put a regulation into force that will basically force the adoption of identity wallets across Europe uh, and across sectors, where the whole idea is that every citizen will get um, all types of you know passport grade credentials issued from public authorities into their EUID wallets, which they can then use to identify themselves and authenticate uh, against large online platforms, utility companies, and much more. Uh, and so, you know, when we're talking with public authorities and businesses, then at the end of the day, um, 
And at the end of the day, this is the, the language we're using and these are the, the products we're, we're building with. Versus, you know, if you talk to people from, from the Web3 space, then in many ways, simply also because they're using smart contracts and everything else, um, they have a very different approach to building products and they're very different approach requirements in terms of features. And so in that space, everything that's on chain makes a lot of sense because you can use it right away and it doesn't require this complex identity wallet infrastructure uh, that enables off-chain capabilities. So um, mm. yeah, it's, it's really two worlds that are still kind of divided, but that will sooner or later uh, converge, I'm sure of it. But yeah. maybe people use the word NFT. Cool, cool. Um, you, I think I heard you said that governments would start to force um, yeah. people to actually use um, this digital identity. Did I get oh, that yeah, right? Wait. Yeah, wait. That's a, uh, so people won't be forced to use it. Everybody will have the right to get their identity wallet with their identity credentials. Yeah. However, certain businesses as well as public authorities will be forced to accept it, right? So hmm. if you get your EUID wallet, then basically, if you go to large online platforms, if you go to utility companies, if you go to banking financial service providers, uh, they are forced to accept these uh, wallet-based identity credentials for the purpose of authentication and identification. So basically, this will uh, unlock wallet-based KYC, for example, mm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, also, I was wondering about, which kind of touch upon my next question here, because... Um... When you create this sort of um, protocol, if I can call it that, um, is that like based on one type of network? Like, is it only on, for, for example, Ethereum or IOTA, or is it like a multi-chain system that you're kind oh, of? Oh yeah, that's a great question. So generally, we've always believed that in a multi multi-chain future. And uh, you can even, especially in the identity space, you can take it one step further and say, uh, multi-trust framework or a multi-identity ecosystem future. And what I mean by this is that, um, you know, you have different types of, of blockchains or technologies, let's say uh, IOTA or, or EVM, for example. Um, but then if you're looking at identity ecosystems, there's lots of additional rules on top of this that, does not ne that, do, that do not necessarily have to do with the technology. Um, so for example, EPSI, the European Blockchain Service Infrastructure, is a permission blockchain that's basically using the exact same technology as some other identity ecosystems like Velocity Network. However, they have very different rules on how different components look like, uh, as well as how people onboard into this ecosystem. Uh, and so the way we build our products for NFTs, for example, is that we're just supporting different blockchains, which requires different integrations on a blockchain level, or let's say integrations of different types of third-party providers. Uh, and we do it similar with identity where um, we support different kinds of blockchains if an identity ecosystem even uses a blockchain, which is not 100% necessary. Um, but we go beyond this by also supporting different types of, of flavors of the identity credentials, for example, that we talked about. Mm. Uh, and so IOTA uh, is quite interesting because IOTA is not only a Web3 ecosystem uh, or a protocol, um, but they also have a team for identity and a history and, and self-sovereign identity and people that really push this. Yeah, yeah. I have, um, I've had Yella on the podcast very previously with um, Impulse oh, yeah. Technologies, uh, which is perfect timing for my next question. Like, what is your connections to IOTA? 
Yeah, yeah. So IOTA, the way we um, we got notice of IOTA or, or, you know, had the chance to kickstart a partnership was their RFP title, uh, log it, create a logger with IOTA, a login with IOTA system. And the main idea was that you would be building um, a tool that uh, enables the issuance uh, as well as the verification of uh, identity credentials based on this self-sovereign identity approach. Uh, and so what we what we did, so that was step one. Um, the st step two was then also building a component that would translate these identity credentials into a format that existing identity and access management tools can use. Um, we concretely built an integration for Keycloak. Uh, maybe taking one step back, what's an identity and access management system? That's basically the tool that a company uses to log in users. So if you're on a login or sign up page, uh, this page as well as the database behind it is enabled by an identity and access management tool, right? Mm -hmm. And so here the idea was to build a solution that is Web3 native, uh, but also a solution or let's say an extension of this that uh, enables existing Web2 companies to authenticate people based on their uh, identity credentials from the, from the IOTA ecosystem. Hmm. Um, I, um, a, a fellow content creator in the, uh, IOTA ecosystem wants me to ask you this. Um, he said, I understand you are working with the IOTA foundation on a logging system, allowing web two and web three to easily and securely onboard users. How is that coming along? Which sort of what you just explained? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, I think we recently, I believe we recently finished the project, uh, and published it. Uh, in our GitHub as well as our docs. So you should be able to find the latest implementation um, there uh, under docs.walt.id as well as our GitHub. You can also just go to our website and find all the links there. So you can really, um, you know, try everything, uh, test it, uh, play with it. Um, there will also be some updates coming over the next couple of weeks as IOTA is also has some having some protocol updates. Um, but, you know, since the collaboration was really interesting and worked really well, we're also uh, currently looking into further future projects, mm. uh, which, you know, nothing's yet settled and, and we have a different, uh, different ideas on how to move forward, but that could be something to talk about maybe, uh, in the next podcast, a couple of months from now. Yeah. Cool. Um, and why did you decide to, to go for IOTA in this case and not some, something else? So looking Looking just at self-sovereign identity and identity, um, the number of ecosystems is quite limited. Um, so if you say that Web3 is generally quite early and, um, you know, the, yeah, the space is early, then self-sovereign identities is even, is even earlier. It's even more nascent because all the technologies are more complex. Setting up these ecosystems with their trust frameworks is even more complex. And um, in that sense, the number of interesting ecosystems is limited. And what we wanted to do with this is we wanted to explore first partnerships with, you know, a uh, uh, major um, blockchain or protocol, uh, as well as, uh, you know, extend our existing open source uh, infrastructure with another protocol that we think has promise in that space. Also looking at IOTA's role in uh, everything that's happening with a European blockchain. So it just felt like a good partner also with their very competent team and um, knowledgeable people on their side to, you know, 
try something new, partner with a blockchain, um, and 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 see how how far we can go in extending our ecosystem. And it really served as a template for lots of other ecosystem partnerships that we formed, um, you know, in the in the following weeks and months mm. uh, that will be you know become public over the next couple of of, of weeks and months. So it was really good. Mm. Looking forward to it. Um, and I can also guess that working with IOTA is kind of a, a good thing compared to to the con- connections they have uh, with other companies and uh, like governments. Um, they, have, of course, have been working with the EBSI, the European Blockchain uh, Project. Is that something that you guys are involved in? Yeah, so be- before founding Walt ID, um, I-, I was also advising the European Commission on uh, ESIF, which is the European Self-Sovereign Identity Framework, uh, which is basically just uh, the identity part of EPSI, uh, the European Blockchain Service Infrastructure. So I was personally involved with EPSI and with ESIF, uh, defining European SSI standards based on you know the global SSI standards from W3C, Decentralized Identity Foundation and OpenID Foundation. Uh, and so I always had this connection to the commission, the member states. And, you know, in many ways, I think that's a, it's a very interesting project. And it's a project that I, that I really think helped push um, decentralized identity, self-sovereign identity, um, make sure that it's being brought into the conversations also leading up to the new EIDAS 2 regulation. And, and yeah, so that's definitely an overlap that we have as they're working from a different angle, right? From the protocol angle, but um, there's definitely an overlap. Mm. Um, I'm not too sure about this next question because I see a lot of speculation around the, the EPSI project where people are kind of thinking that, okay, we will have the ECS now with testing and competitions and it, let's say IOTA wins the entire the test, comes out on top of this. Is that then we we will see kind of sort of the government then actually start to work on this project and adopt this, or is more like okay we tested it that was good let's just throw it on the shelf. Yeah, actually I, I have no idea. So best you ask someone from IOTA <laughs> what their expectations are. Yeah. Uh, again, you know I wasn't involved in the whole protocol work from the EPSI team directly. I was one of the people specifying how identity based on EPSI could look like. Right. Mm. So it's it's. It's a layer that interacts with with EPSI, but it's really independent, actually. Yeah. Um, how do you plan to scale this um, with Walt ID in order to make it mainstream? Yeah, sure. So for us, I think one important component has always been a commitment to open source. And so we believe that uh, one of the most important ways for driving the traction of new technologies is to make them very easy to use and to just reduce friction. And so, you know, one aspect is the whole open source approach. Another big aspect obviously is, is education um, in the web too, for, especially with, you know, public authorities as well as traditional businesses, making sure that they understand what's coming as well as the concepts. And I, I feel like, you know, that's progressing well. Um, also with the upcoming regulation, I think by now, most people, at least from the identity space, understand what self-sovereign identity is and how it works and what the benefits are and that it's a very likely technology to enable wallet-based identity in the future. How to really make it mainstream? I mean, what what we're working on is 
Walt ID is really an infrastructure company, right? A developer tooling infrastructure company. Uh, and so right now we're also exploring different avenues of making sure that we're not just building um, developer tooling and developer infrastructure that other people can use to build applications um, that create, you know, that solve a specific problem in a specific vertical. But we're now also exploring, um, you know, becoming our own client, uh, building uh, an application on top of our infrastructure that creates very concrete value, although more in the Web3 space, to be sure, um, to, be, to, be, to be exact. Um, but all of this to say, um, I think we're on a very natural de development where just Web3 or wallets are becoming a very mainstream application and where this tech jargon that alienates, um, let's say, traditional Web2 users will just go away and things will be just becoming part of applications that everybody's using. And so, you know, give it a couple of years and then I think we're on a good road to having lots of tokenized assets and wallet-based identity and all these kinds of things. Nice. You sort of answered that in my next question, which is like, when can we expect to see this roll out? So do, do you actually <laughs> expect that we will see um, this coming out in around a couple of years' time? Yeah, I mean, look, you, you already see... Sorry for my calendar no notification. <laughs> so you already see uh, large, more and more large brands integrating tokenized assets into their product portfolios or into in, in, integrating, uh, you know, I'd say traditional crypto, aka fungible tokens into their products. And I think this will just will be just become more and more. And then on the identity, let, let's say that, that that's the Web3 NFT side. And then on the identity side, I mean, I mentioned it a couple of times today, regulations are just a very strong driver of, of new technologies if they force this. And in Europe, we will definitely see a very significant increase in the demand for self-sovereign identity software simply because next to MDOCs, uh, like mobile mobile driver's license, um, verifiable credentials will be a way. Um, identity credentials will be digitized and, and put into these EUID wallets that I mentioned. And so um, I think, you know, five years, that's like, I think a reasonable time frame for, let's say, on-chain assets as well as off-chain identity credentials to maybe not yet become ubiquitous, but... Um, to have uh, a not insignificant amount of people, especially in Europe, um, using those things, whether they know it or not. Mm. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty impressive. And and um, so that, once that thing sort of starts, it's probably going very fast. But what would you say would be like the first type of use cases for Walt ID that we will see? Yeah. Good question. The first use case. So here, so when we say use case and identity, typically we think about, you know, I mean, it's it's so broad, right? You have all kinds of identity use cases across all types of verticals. And one thing that re that's really holding back the industry or, or really two things is that uh, number one, you need a special type of identity wallet that goes beyond what crypto wallets can do because you need this enablement of off-chain functionality uh, and just the additional capabilities that crypto wallets can do not yet possess. So you have the lack of wallet infrastructure. And then the other thing is uh, issuers of identity credentials 
or let's say data sources of interesting data are in many ways not really incentivized to issue credentials, right? Because many of those organizations, they actually sell access to data. That mm. includes public authorities too. And so in a way that would cannibalize their business model. Uh, and in that sense, the lack of issuers and the lack of wallets <laughs> obviously is holding back the uh, whole ecosystem to explore, explode and use cases to emerge. Uh, however, you know, I think latest with this, e with, with the IDAS too, we're in a position where it's like, well, people get passport great credentials about their core identity information, as well as things like proof of residence and address and all these kinds of things into their, into their wallets. And so that means that basically any type of business that's in this verifier position and that wants to know something about you, if they now put this connect wallet button on their website, they can get information that's that's actually pre-verified, right? And most certainly true. And mm -hmm. the user experience is even better than if you use forms where people have to type this in manually or have their form fill out <laughs> software, do it for them. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think, you know, that's why I'm always coming back to this regulation uh, because I, I think, you know, without it, Will it happen? Well, probably simply because existing um, problems in the identity space are just, um, or, or solutions are just not good enough. But uh, I think you really need this forcing of the issuance of a first set of credentials to kickstart everything. And uh, and basically, once you have uh, most businesses accepting credentials for authentication purposes, uh, then you can create new incentives for issuers to find ways of, you know, letting them issue credentials to people uh, and still enabling monetization of the whole process for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, I completely agree with you that that is most likely the logical way to go. Um, but yeah, it probably has to be forced in so that it kind of gets kickstarted because if it just kind of just a couple um, tries to adopt it, then it probably just not be picked up by the, the general public. But um. What's the uh, what's the future plans for Vault ID? Yeah, so uh, on the one hand, you know, Vault ID is and will always be an open source company, and so we will always continue to build out our identity NFT and wallet infrastructure products, um, build them out, extend them to new ecosystems, building new integrations, making sure that the code is becoming better and better over time. Uh, right now, our products are only libraries. Uh, however, you know, based on feedback from customers, we hear that people are also looking into a, a way that's more easy uh, to to use our solutions. So something like a managed service will be something that, that we're working on. Um, but on top of this, we're also exploring uh, now something I mentioned before, an, an, an application that sits on top, which is basically a Web3 uh, auth platform. Um, you can check it out. It's it's called Walt Walt XYC. Um, the main idea here is that while you can build an authentication solution that does things like sign in with Ethereum, sign in with Tezos, sign in with IOTA, uh, token gating, as well as credential verification and all those kinds of things, while you can build this with our libraries, it's a lot of work still, right? Because you need to go from from separate individual libraries to one product with business logic and databases and stuff. Uh, and so we thought, you know what, why not just become our own customer? Why not just take our libraries and build this product? Because at the end of the day, 
if you're a DAP, if you're a DAO, if you're an organization whose users need wallets to use your service, right now you don't really have a good option of authenticating, uh, managing and understanding your users. And so, um, yeah, that's what we're exploring right now. Um, again, feel free to check it out. Uh, Walt XYC, and um, we're also taking uh, subscri subscriptions for our closed beta. So lots of ways for people to influence our roadmap features and get early access before we open source it. Mm. Are people able to invest in Walt Addy at the moment? Um, so at the moment, uh, right now, we're not fundraising. Uh, we actually had a pre-seed round uh, in the end of 2021. Uh, led by Speed Invest, um, but we're most we'll most likely raise a seed round sometime later this year. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, um, also if you where, where can people learn more about Walt Daddy if they if they didn't catch everything here and um, how do they connect with you? Yeah, sure. So best way if if you go to our website Walt.id, you can really find everything there. We're trying to be very transparent, um, and so. Um, it, it's not only the code that's open source, um, but we're also trying to make our documentation as good as possible so that information is as easy to use and consume as possible. There's also lots of white papers and case studies and other content out there. Um, you can find our product development roadmap. You can find detailed feature lists that are updated biweekly. So um, you can you can really find anything you want on, on, on our website. You can also visit our Discord. So we recently set up a Discord. Um, you can find the link on our website. We're also on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Um, so feel free to, yeah, just follow us, join us on Discord or directly get in touch with us. Fantastic. Um, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come and explain Walt ID to us. I think that you will probably have a lot of exciting stuff coming up in the uh, in the near future. So let's do uh, what you proposed and do another one down the road when uh, a little bit more information has been provided. Sure, let's do that. Fantastic. Thank you, mate. And thank you guys for listening. Cheers. Have a good one.